welcome to another episode of the Entrepreneur to Employer podcast. I am your host, Brian Montes, founder of Scalosity Works and of the Entrepreneur to Employer coaching community. Now, in the Entrepreneur to Employer coaching community, I have the opportunity to guide founders and entrepreneurs and business owners on hiring employee number one and beyond to help give them the leadership skills necessary to create an employee experience that's going to deliver a competitive edge for your business and to help you build a seven to eight figure business that is no longer a job, but a business that provides the financial freedom that you always wanted out of your business. Now, I know your time is valuable and I do appreciate you taking the time to listen to this podcast. Every time you tune in to the Entrepreneur to Employer podcast, you can expect to learn actionable insights to help you build a business that is worthy of a Best Places to Work award and how to reduce business risk with proactive HR strategies that do have real world applications. So as you go through the Entrepreneur to Employer journey, I will work to sharpen your skills on how to recruit, hire, and onboard the best people for your company, how to design training systems that work, how to establish proactive HR systems that will actually lower your business risk, how to improve employee performance, how to lead your team through both good times and bad, how to tie your people operations into your financial milestones, and much, much more. So if you're ready to build a team of 10Xers that can power your business to new heights, let's get started. Welcome back to another episode of the Entrepreneur to Employer podcast. I am your host, Brian Montes, founder of Scalosity Works and of the Entrepreneur to Employer community. Today, we are going to talk about the importance of doing an HR audit. What we see happen over time is you get what I call compliance creep, meaning that when you first start hiring and you have your first few employees, you know, hopefully everything is buttoned up, right? Your I-9s are accurate. um, All of your paperwork is accurate you have a compliant HR foundation. But what we see over time is that as your business grows, as you get busy, we see compliance creep start to climb into a company. So this is a perfect time of the year for you to do an HR audit because we're halfway through the year, right? So while you're doing your mid-year reviews and reviewing your sales, reviewing your marketing, reviewing how the business is done in the first six months and what you need to do in the back half of the year to continue hitting your numbers and be successful, this is a great time to take a pause and do an HR audit. Now, HR audits, they're a bit like a root canal, right? They're no fun. They're a bit painful to go through, but you are always better off when you are done with that HR audit because you know where your gaps are at and you know you can fix them. Now, I have personally conducted over a thousand HR audits for companies, and no matter how hard the company has tried to remain compliant, we almost always find a compliant issue or two. And with all the various labor laws on the books, it's tough to make sure you stay compliant every single day. And that's why doing a HR audit annually or twice a year is such an important thing to add to your processes. Because before you know it, compliance creep kicks in, right? You get an I-9 with outdated identification on it. You get pay stubs with an improper line item. Or you have an employee who has changed roles within your organization and they're no longer salary exempt. They need to be hourly or they're hourly and could be salary exempt. So it is so important to avoid compliance creep by doing an audit at least annually, if not twice a year. As a business owner, it is crucial for you to stay on top of your HR practices to ensure that you stay compliant with the regulations and that you maintain a safe and healthy working environment. So what is an HR audit? Well, an HR audit is a comprehensive review of your HR policies, your procedures, your practices. You're looking to identify areas where you can improve. You're looking to identify areas where you are out of legal compliance. And you are looking at where you can optimize your HR part of your business, your HR business operations. 
So how do you go about doing an HR audit? First, you are going to define the scope and objective of the audit. See, there's lots of HR audits out there, but what we want to focus on today is your compliance audit. There's different types of audits ranging from recruitment and selection, employee onboarding to performance management to compensation and benefits all fall under the HR umbrella. But for the purposes of this discussion, we are going to just focus on the compliance audit. Now, your audit should review 10 specific categories within your business. Category number one, employment policies and procedures. Now, under this umbrella of employment policies and procedures, you are going to need to review your employee handbook and policy documents. You'll want to review your anti-discrimination and your harassment policies. You'll want to review your leave policies, such as sick leave, vacation pay, parental leave, PTO, right? Review your leave policies. You'll want to review your codes of conduct and any ethic policies that you have put in place. You'll want to review your workplace safety and your health policies. And last but not least, you'll want to review your confidentiality and your data protection policies. Your first part of your review covers your employment policies and procedures. So analyze those policies, analyze those procedures, make sure they're still current with the law, see if they need to evolve. Maybe the business has changed and it's time to update those policies. Take a look and see if there's opportunity for those policies to cross-pollinate and support each other. So it is really a good first step to go over all of your written policies and procedures and make sure that everything is compliant, intact, and applicable to your business. The second part of your HR compliance audit is going to be to review your recruitment and your hiring practices. Look at those job descriptions and those specifications. This is a great time to review all your job descriptions and make sure they're still applicable. Is this employee still fit within this job description or have they gone, have they taken on so much more responsibility this job description no longer applies to them? Is it time to revamp those job descriptions? It's time to update them. Second, recruitment and selection processes, right? Review how you go to market to find new talent. What are your recruitment practices? Are you still following the right laws when it comes to that? Are you an equal opportunity employer? Take a look at your recruitment and your selection process and make sure that it is as fair and unbiased as possible. Third, background checks and reference verifications. If you do background checks and if you do reference verifications, is your policy on this still compliant? Is it still fair and equitable to the candidates and does it make sense? And is the policy written in such a way that it doesn't single any one person out? So go back and review your background checks and your reference verifications and make sure if there is, this is a practice that you choose to do, you have a written policy for it that governs the application of it. Fourth, compliance with equal opportunity laws, right? As we discussed, it ties into your recruitment and selection process. Make sure that you are following all of your local, meaning county or local municipality, your state, and of course, federal labor laws as it applies to equal opportunity. The third section of your HR audit is going to be your onboarding and orientation. You're going to review compliance for onboarding and orientation. How is your new hire orientation program established? Do you have a a segmented time where you do the administrative onboarding, where you make sure that all the paperwork is done and it's done correctly and that the handbook is issued and that there's time to meet with that employee to review everything, right? How is your new hire orientation program working? Second, your employee onboarding process and checklist. Do you have a formal program for onboarding new employees? Do you have a checklist in place to make sure that you don't miss any details, 
right? The I-9, the W-4, and all of the other documents that are required as part of a new hire packet. The next component to your onboarding and orientation that you're going to look at is, are we accurately and timely completing the necessary paperwork and documentation, right? Your I-9 has to be done on the day the person starts. It can't be done a week later or a month later. You are out of compliance if you do not get it done on that first day of employment. So you need to make sure that all the necessary paperwork and documentation is done not only accurately, but on time to be compliant. The fourth section of your HR compliance audit is going to be your compensation and benefits review, right? You're going to take a look at your payroll practices, make sure you are compliant with your wage laws. Now, it's interesting. So states will tend to issue minimum wage hikes on the first of the year, right? So January 1st of every year is when a minimum wage hike will kick in. However, there are a lot of cities and counties that legislate their own minimum wage to be higher than the states. And a lot of those minimum wage hikes starts on July 1st. I'll give you an example. We work with companies that are based in the city of Los Angeles. And the city of Los Angeles has a minimum wage that is higher than the state of California. The minimum wage for the city of Los Angeles increased on July 1st, 2023. So this is why it is so important to do a mid-year review because not everything starts on January 1st. So it's important to review and make sure that you are compliant with any changes in the labor law that might impact you that are effective July 1st and not January 1st. The second component to reviewing your compensation and benefits is classification of employees. It is so easy for us to initially classify an employee as exempt with the two-part test And over time, the job changes, their scope changes, they go to a different role, and we don't adjust their status. And so somebody who is exempt that may transition to an hourly role or a role that should be hourly or non-exempt, the classification doesn't happen. And so now you have an employee who legally should be classified as non-exempt but is still classified as exempt. That creates a major violation in your business. So this is a great time to step back, look at your employees that are classified as salary exempt, and just review what they're doing and review the two-part test, right? Make sure that they are making the right amount of compensation to be classified as salary exempt, coupled with do they meet the Part B test that the work they do qualifies as a salary exempt employee. Great time to go through this exercise and make sure you have employees classified correctly. The third component to compensation and benefits is the benefits administration piece. If you offer health benefits, make sure that your health plans are still compliant. They still make sense that your retirement plans are buttoned up. Check with your 401k provider. Just a good time to check in and make sure that everything is running smoothly on your benefits piece. Overtime policies and calculations. Make sure that if you use cloud-based software to run your payroll and do your time and attendance, make sure your overtime calculations are still accurate. Nothing has happened. Review your paycheck stubs, right? There is a list of required items that need to be on the paycheck stub from the employer ID to hourly rate to overtime rate to amount of sick leave that's available, right? There are things that are legally required to be on that paycheck stub. And if you are missing even one of those line items, your paycheck stubs are out of compliance, which if you ever get audited by the government will cost you a fine. So review your paycheck stubs and make sure that they are indeed accurate with the required uh, line items on there and make sure all of your overtime calculations and wage statements are being calculated correctly. 
See, here's what most business owners fail to realize. It is not your payroll company's responsibility to make sure all that stuff is accurate, right? They're not going to look at your payroll process and go, you know, this isn't calculating correctly or you're not accurate, right? They are simply the vehicle to pay the employees. The responsibility of making sure your paycheck stubs are compliant, of making sure that your employees are paid correctly, that the calculations are correct, and that all the information is accurate, that falls on the business itself. Just because you sign up with a third-party payroll company doesn't exonerate you from liability. The responsibility is still yours as a business. All right, the fifth component to doing your HR compliance audit is performance management. How are you managing your performance of your team and other policies that support it? Is it an equitable process? And do we apply it across the board? Right? So take a look and see if you have a performance evaluation process. Is it written? What are the expectations? How often do we do reviews? And even though it doesn't fit into the title of this podcast, if you are doing an annual review, you are behind the eight ball. That is just an archaic way to manage and lead employees. What's the best analogy I can give you? It's waiting until Christmas Eve to tell your kid they're getting cold because they've been bad all year. Okay, so make sure that you flip the process on performance and you're being very proactive, having regular one-to-one meetings, giving feedback in real time and coaching in real time so that when you do quarterly reviews and sit-downs, they're forward-looking, right? Because you've already managed that quarter of milestones and that quarter of work with the team member. So really review your performance evaluation processes and your documentation and start that process of flipping it from being a rear-view mirror-looking application to a forward-looking process. Next, take a look at your feedback and coaching mechanisms. What systems do you have in place to ensure there's regular feedback and regular coaching? Is it a regularly scheduled one-to-one with your employee? Is it you know, the ability to jump on a quick call when you see something and, and offer up some coaching? Right? What systems are in place to ensure that there's a continuous feedback loop, that feedback for performance is given regularly, and that there's coaching as part of that component to make sure your employees have the ability to take what you tell them and actually implement and utilize it? The next component is your performance improvement plans, also known as PIPs. Now, there's a lot of negative feedback out there about PIPs. There's a conversation that PIPs are just a disguise to get rid of somebody. And if you're put on on a PIP, you need to start looking for a new job. You know, if you put on a PIP, you know you're going to get fired. And, And so number one, if you are going to use PIPs in your work environment, do not weaponize them to be that last stand where you've already made your mind up that you're going to fire them, but you're going to do the PIP to make sure that you're buttoned up, okay? The PIP should be done with the intention of truly trying to help that employee overcome the challenges, be aware of the challenges, and give them tools to to succeed and overcome it. Now, once you've done that, then yes, it is up to you to make sure that they are able to execute, right? It's not 100% on the business to make sure that it happens, right? there, it's a, it's a two-way relationship. But don't weaponize the PIP. When you decide that you're going to use a PIP, go at it with the intention of, I truly want to help this employee be successful, and this is a tool to get us there. And it is a warning mechanism. There is no doubt about it. But use it with the right intention and use it fairly and equitably across the board with all your employees. In other words, if you're going to use a PIP for one employee, and then fire somebody else for something that isn't egregious and not give them a PIP opportunity, you're not applying it equitably across the board. Okay, so you can't pick and choose who gets a PIP. If you're going to utilize a PIP, 
to help improve and make performance issues aware to, to an employee, you need to use it for everybody. Okay, so that's, that's the two cents on a PIP. The next section you're going to go over is the employee relations, right? What is your grievance and complaint process? Is there one? Who do employees go to if they're having a problem? Do they have somebody to go to other than their manager? Do they know what that process is? Employees need to have multiple paths to be able to communicate grievances and complaints if they cannot do it with their direct leader. So make sure that is mapped out and communicated. Next is conflict resolution and mediation. You are going to have conflict in the workplace. Take a look at how that conflict is handled. Is there a process for it? Do you have a roadmap? What does that look like? And go over that to make sure that it still makes sense for your business. Okay. The next component of your employee relations is employee feedback mechanisms. Now, if you are doing regular one-to-ones and you are building relationships with your employees, you will be able to build a culture where over time they will tell you what you need to hear and not what you want to hear. If you do not build that type of culture, you can implement as many surveys and suggestion boxes as you want. Those employees are only going to tell you what you want to hear and not what you need to hear. So employee feedback mechanisms are only good if you build a culture of open, honest, and candid feedback. And that takes work to do. But once you lay the foundation for it and build on it, your employees will be honest with you about what's going right, what's not going right, and what needs to change. Okay, the seventh component of doing your HR audit, compliance audit, is record keeping and documentation. Okay, this is where you dig into the employee personnel files and records. Go through those records, make sure they are still accurate, make sure they are up to date, Make sure that they are segmented properly, right? I-9s cannot be in the same folder as regular personnel files, right? I-9s need to be in a separate folder stored separately from personnel records. So make sure that not only are the records accurate, but the files are structured correctly. And if you're utilizing a cloud-based system, make sure that that cloud-based system is secure, right? It has your SOC 2, that it's, it's built to house employee records. I don't recommend keeping employee records in a Google Drive or anything else like that. If you're going to use cloud-based software, use software that is designed for HRIS, Human Resource Information Systems. Next, you're going to look at your time and attendance records. Just do a survey. You don't have to review all of them, right? You do a sampling, and if you find a problem, you dig in deeper. But review your time and attendance records and make sure that the system is still working correctly. If you're using paper timesheets, well, then yes, you definitely want to do a deeper analysis, but make sure that time and attendance is being tracked accurately, right? Employees are logging when they start, they're clocking out for their lunch period, they're clocking out at the end of the day. Make sure that those time and attendance records are accurate, especially if you utilize those to pay your employees. And then we touched on this already, but we'll touch on it again, right? Review your payroll records. Make sure that your paycheck stubs are compliant. Just make sure your payroll is still being performed accurately. I-9 eligibility employment verification forms. Review your I-9s. Great time to do it mid-year. Make sure that they are still compliant, meaning that their visa or their driver's license or their passport has not expired. If it has, then you get those updated with the employee. Last but not least, make sure you are compliant with record retention requirements. Make sure that you have a policy around record retention. So paycheck stubs, you should keep them on file for a minimum of four years. Now, if you're using a cloud-based payroll system, you'll have much longer window of time on that. You'll be able to store them indefinitely. But make sure you have a record retention policy and you know how long you need to keep certain documents on file. 
right? You need to keep payroll stubs on file because wage and hour claims have a four-year statute of limitations. So make sure you know what documents need to be kept and for how long. Area number eight for your HR audit is going to be compliance with employment laws. This is a great time for you to review federal, state, and local employment laws and make sure that your business is complying with those. Good time for you to review family and medical leave laws. If you have more than 50 employees, you are going to be required to offer FMLA. If you're in California and you have five or more employees, then you have to offer CFRA, which is the companion law to FMLA. So make sure that you know what leave laws apply to your business and that you are following them. Review the wage and hour laws. Make sure that you are still compliant with all of your wage and hour laws. Are you paying the right amounts? Are you paying at least minimum wage? Are you paying the required overtime for your area, et cetera, et cetera? The ninth area of where you can look or where you want to analyze your HR audit is going to be training and development. Do you have employee training programs? If not, is it time to develop them? Do we have our necessary and required compliance training? Do we do our harassment prevention training on the schedule that's required? Do we do our safety training as required? You need to have a list of the compliance training that is specific to your business and make sure that you are getting it completed and renewed in accordance with state, local, and federal laws. The last area of your HR audit is to look at your HR documentation and auditing processes. Go through your HR policies, go through your procedures documentation, go through your termination procedures. Make sure that your documentation is up-to-date and accurate. Sometimes as businesses evolve, documentation needs to evolve. So make sure you are reviewing all of your documentation, all of your forms, your new hire packet, your exit packet, and everything in between to make sure that it is staying current with not only the laws, but where your business is at. Now, I know this can seem very overwhelming, but when you have a system and a process, it's not as daunting of a task as it might seem. Now, we have an established framework to ensure that we have a step-by-step process and that we don't miss any steps during this audit process. So here's what I'm going to do for you. In the show notes, I'm going to link to our HR compliance audit template. I'm going to give you the template that you can use to do your own DIY audit. It's a checklist. It'll make sure you don't miss anything. And then as you get into it, if you have questions, feel free to email me, connect with me on LinkedIn, let me know what question you have, and I'll be happy to answer it. Download this free HR compliance template that we have and make sure that you do an HR audit for your business as part of your mid-year review. All right. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. I hope you've gotten some value out of it that you'll be able to utilize in your business. And I do have an ask. Uh, If you enjoyed this episode, I would greatly appreciate if you would subscribe, give us a like, and give me some feedback. Rate us. I would love to hear your feedback, and I utilize the comments when we get reviews to improve this podcast. And second, if you know somebody else that would benefit from listening to this episode, send them a link to this episode. Say, hey, I just listened to it. There's some value here that I think you can use in your business. Send that to them because it is my goal to help as many business owners, founders, and operators as possible really step up their HR game and improve to build that HR foundation so that they can continue to scale and grow that business. All right, make it a great week. We will see you next week.